Jesus taught us how to pray in this beautiful passage here in Matthew chapter 6. Now, we know that that Jesus laid out a model. Say it is a model. Okay, it's not the only model, but it is a model, and it is a very good model as to how to pray. When you first start praying, like when you first got saved, you know, maybe you prayed for a little bit, maybe you, you, your prayer time was, was short, and then you continually got into the Word of God, and you started to learn how to pray the Word. Then your time of prayer became longer and longer and longer. You learned how to pray. You learned how to delight yourself in the Lord. God wants us to delight ourselves in Him. He delights in us, but He wants us to learn how to delight ourselves in the Word of God, in the Lord. Right? Jesus is the Word. The Word became flesh. The Word walked amongst us. So the Word is Jesus. When we delight ourselves in the Word, we're delighting ourselves in Jesus. Amen. So how many of you love to just open your Bible and to pray? To like read the words and to pray? Because if you don't currently do that, I'm going to encourage you to do this. When you open up your Word, ask Him, teach me how to pray. But literally have it opened. You will be surprised at the things that the Lord reveals to you from his precious word that is alive and it doesn't change, right? There, there is, it doesn't change. His word does not change. So, so if you keep it open when you pray, you will see God will start to teach you how to pray his word. So let me, let me go back there to Matthew and in chapter 6. In verse 9, these are the words of Christ. It's important. He said, in this manner, therefore, pray. We need to stop right there, church. We have to recognize something. The words that are going to come after is the heart of God. It's instruction for us to know how to do the very thing that he commanded us to do. Look at the very first line. Our Father in heaven. Now, we normally go right through this prayer. Most of you have it memorized. But we, we, we may go right through it, but I want you to stop at that first phrase. Our Father. Our Father in heaven. But let's stop with the our Father. He is our Father. One of the revelations that the Lord gave me about this beautiful prayer is, is that we have the privilege of calling him Father. Not everyone had a good earthly father. Some don't even know their fathers here on earth. We have the beautiful privilege of saying, my father, our father, my father. This is a personal, this is an intimate relationship that he wants us to walk in. My father, our father. When you first stop and recognize you're not just praying this, this, this prayer and you're trying to sound right and you're trying to make sure you get all the words right and you're trying to make sure you follow the pattern. You know, you'll hear people do all, and they'll say all kinds of, oh, you got to follow the pattern. No, no, no. You, you let the Lord lead you. The, the pattern is let the spirit of the living God lead you, but this is a pattern. But we don't follow it. We don't have to follow it religiously, right? Why? Because we have a father, and this father is a good father. He's our heavenly father. And our good heavenly father wants to lead us and teach us and let us know of all things, right? So it starts off and it says, our father who art in heaven. So thank God that you can call him father. Right away, we thank God. It is Jesus who teaches us to pray to God as our father. And he's the one who leads us into intimacy with him. Then it says, hallowed be thy name. Hallowed be thy name. Hallowed means it's to signify to be set apart. To be set apart. Remember, God says, I am holy. 
he is holy. But then he also says, be holy as I am holy. So hallowed be your name. That means to to reverence. That means to praise. That means to lift up. That means his name is set apart. His name is pure. His name is to be reverenced. When we go before our Father in prayer, we know that number one, we have been beckoned by the Spirit of God. We've been called by him to literally pray to the Heavenly Father who loves you, who gives you everything you need at the right time so hallowed be your name signifies to set apart purified consecrate you are acknowledging God's holiness some people don't know how to pray some some have a hard time praying if you hear what I'm saying here today and you make this a model you will shift your whole prayer life it'll completely change it will completely change because you will see that which began as a pattern starts to then naturally flow into this incredible relationship with him. And it, it no longer is, you know, line upon line. It's going to be in your spirit. It'll be so in your spirit that you know how to get the victory to anything that you're praying for. You will know how to get the victory. Now, did I say you're going to get all the answers, 100% answered right away? No. I said you're going to know how to get the victory. There's a difference. There's a difference. You will get the victory because you'll get up from that prayer time and you will know that it's done. It's been done. How many of you guys can testify to this where you know you've prayed and you've sat before the Father and you've prayed about something and you know you got the victory? You just knew. It was done. You knew it was done. You prayed it through. You had that peace. Nothing changed in the natural yet, but you knew it was done. You got the victory. You received the breakthrough, right? You got the victory. But this is what we receive when we come to the Father and we pray, hallowed be thy name. Holy is your name. Your name is holy. His name is holy. We know that. And when we start to pray the holy names of God, we start to walk in the fullness of them. We start to acknowledge. See, what we acknowledge, we receive. I have to acknowledge something for, in order to receive it. Otherwise, it's sitting there and I'm unaware. When I acknowledge that the Lord is Jehovah Jireh, that he is the Lord my provider, when I acknowledge that he is Jehovah Jireh, I literally position myself to receive what's already there. People miss out on what's available because their mindset isn't where it should be, right? When we set our mind on things above and not things beneath, come on, church, when we set our minds on the word of God, we will never, ever, ever be let down. Right? So Jehovah Jireh, the Lord is my provider. When we set our mind on Jehovah Nisi, the Lord is my banner. It's my banner of victory over me. The Lord, Jehovah Nisi, your banner of victory. See, if you're just so focused on, Lord, I have a problem. This is an issue. When is this going to change? When is this person going to turn? When is this person going to be healed? When is this job going to manifest? Whatever your thing you may be praying for. And instead of, Lord, whatever, whenever, when, 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 you've already asked. Now I want you to thank him. I want you to thank him. I want you to thank you, Lord. You are. You already are my provider. Lord, you already are. Your word says it. Jehovah Nisi, you already are the banner of of victory. It's not just any banner. Not just, he's the banner of love over us, but it's a banner of victory. That means you literally walk with the banner that says you've already, you've already succeeded. That there's a banner. Okay, you may not see the banner. You may not always be aware of that banner, but the devil certainly does when, because he knows the word. You guys know that the devil knows the word, right? 
He knows the word even better than some Christians know the, know the word, and that's the problem. Because if you don't know what is yours, you don't always full, you don't walk in all of it. The Lord is your banner. I want you to know this. He's your banner, and he's your banner of victory. So whatever area it is that you're standing and believing for, instead of being frustrated and trying to make something work, trying to make something work out, trying to cause something to change, and you're constantly frustrated because you're not yielding, remember God is my banner. Start decreeing that instead. Decree it instead. Have you asked for what you need? Absolutely. Now I want you to start to decree it. I want you to start thanking. I want you to thank him. Lord, you are my banner of victory. I thank you. Literally, there's a banner of victory over me. No matter what it is I need, it's already fulfilled because the Jehovah Nisi is my God. How many of you do this? Jehovah Rapha, Lord, you are my healer. Lord, okay, there's this going on, there's that going on, but Lord, I know that you are my healer and your word decrees it. So Lord God, if I'm going to say, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. If I'm going to say, hallowed be your name. If I'm going to say, I honor your name. If I'm going to say that I revere, reverence your name. If I'm going to say, I'm lifting up your name, then we should be lifting up his name. And there are, and his names are his promises unto us, right? And so we literally say, Lord, you are Jehovah Shalom, the Lord God, my peace. Whenever you don't have peace, oh, but I hang on to the truth. I hang on to the fact that Jehovah Shalom, the Lord, my peace. You know, th this is a weapon. Church, this is a weapon. Amen. And it's a way of, it's, we have to train ourselves. We have to train our spirit man Amen. to rise up and to walk in this way. But when you do. You become a contagious Christian. You, you become vic so victorious because it's the key. Say key. It's the key. It's the key. As I decree the names of God in prayer and I start to thank him for it, I start to thank him for the goodness. I, th I start to thank him that the Lord is my shepherd. Yes, Lord God, you are my shepherd. The Lord is always there. He is the all-powerful creator. He is Elohim, the all-powerful creator. All-powerful. So there's nothing that he can't do. He's all-powerful, right? He's the most high God. Yes, you are. He's the eternal God. He's the God who sees me. He's El Roy. He sees you. He sees whatever you've been going through. He sees, he sees the, uh, the, the abuse. He sees the, the misrepresentation. He sees it all. He sees the slander. He sees it. Don't ever think for one moment that he doesn't. He doesn't just see it, but he is also the one to make sure that he settles that score and makes the wrongs right. He makes the wrongs right in his way and in his time. But he's making sure your heart is right the whole time. Don't be excluded from God's victory because you stepped into the seat of judgment instead of just proclaiming his name. So hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. It's your kingdom that I want to see done in my family. You pray this. You pray specifically. Lord, it is your kingdom that I want to see done in my family. It is your kingdom come. Let your kingdom come in my church. Let your kingdom come. Let your kingdom come at work. Let your kingdom come for this individual, for that individual. Pray his kingdom to come. It is his kingdom that is at hand. Pray your kingdom come, Lord. Let your kingdom come, Lord. You're in agreement with the word. When you pray in agreement with the word, you get the word. You get the results of that word. You get the promises fulfilled of that word. Amen? And that's a confident assurance that we all have and we all should have. Amen? Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. And then you pray for your nation. You pray, let your kingdom come. Let your kingdom come for here, for this nation. Lord, for the world, for Jerusalem, let your kingdom come. Lord, we thank you, Lord God. Your kingdom is established. Let your kingdom come. The Our Father is such a powerful, powerful prayer.
that as you start to pray it more and more and more, you will, you'll, you'll start to see things you never saw before. You will start, your, God will reveal to you the things that you never saw before. Revelation is just that. It is, it's revelatory knowledge. And it starts to come, you know, one thing after the next. Kind of like line upon line, precept upon precept, and then more is added to your learning, to your understanding, right? The more that you're in the word, the more you see. The more you're in the word, the more you hear. And the more you're in the word, the more you understand. You start to grasp the things that you didn't hear or see the yesterdays, right? But you're faithful. So the same is true here. The more that you're in prayer and praying this prayer, the more the depths of God's heart start to enter into your heart. And now you see differently. You, you literally see. You see differently. You hear differently. And no matter what, you're not moved and you're not shaken. How many, of you, how many of you can testify, I, I've, I've experienced that, where I'm praying the our Father, and God has given me revelation, and I can tell you right now, I'm not shaken. I can tell you right now, I'm not moved. Oh, I can see things in the natural, and I don't like them, but I'm not shaken. I'm not moved. Right? Yes. Yeah? Some of you? Amen? Amen. Amen. Thank you, Father. And, and then this, verse 11 says, give us this day our daily bread. Give us this day our daily bread. Yes, we ask for our needs. Of course, we ask for our needs. Uh, give us this day our daily bread. You know how intimate that is? God wants to serve you. God wants to literally serve you. We know, we know that in Psalm 23, he talks about the table that he has already prepared for you in the presence of your enemies, right? We know that there's a table set before you. This is a picture of God providing for you in the midst of trouble. It's a picture of our, of our good shepherd, right? Amen. Psalm 23, right? It's a picture of our good shepherd. He provides even in the midst of trouble, even in the midst of opposition. He will provide. Not only does he provide, but he also gives the overflow. You know, my cup runneth over. Psalm 23, right? So here in this, in this model prayer in Matthew chapter 6, where he says, to give us this day our daily bread, he gives us that which we need. Sometimes we don't even know what we need. Sometimes we're not even aware of how to pray. But if you're just sitting in his presence, don't you know that he's going to give you everything you need, whether you recognized it or not? Don't you know that you'll come out of that place full, full, like literally full, like you had a good meal, like full, you had the daily bread. Jesus is the bread. He's the bread of life. He is the bread. And he literally, we feed on the word, which is the bread, right? We get to feed on this beautiful word that fills us up, which is like honey, this word. And it fills us up, satisfies, strengthens us, and changes us. Changes our mindset when we need that changed. And it changes the circumstances that need to be changed in time. Amen? So give us this day our daily bread. Ask for your needs. But take it in, church. Take in his word. And verse 12. Forgive us of our debts as we forgive our debtors. We ask God to forgive us of our debts, our sins. Ask God to forgive. Ask God to forgive you as you forgive others. As we forgive other people, we must forgive no matter how hard it might be. And you know, we have to be sensitive. You should be forgiving people on a daily basis. If you think, I don't have anything against anybody, well, maybe you need to slow down a little bit in your walk. Because maybe you are unaware of some subtleties that are kind of gripping your heart well, they're small. We're not talking about years and years of somebody doing something horrific. We're talking really subtle. 
We're talking the subtleties of life. We should really be sensitive. Lord, who do I need to forgive today? What happened even yesterday? Because I'll tell you, Christians, right? We, we know we're not supposed to hold grudges and we're not supposed to have an offense. So we can lie to ourselves sometimes and, and believe our, our own lies. And so because we want to be a good Christian, we don't want to have any unforgiveness or any bitterness or any, you know, any judgment or just any, any area like that. So we say, no, I'm, I, don't forgive, I don't have anything against anybody. Slow down. Maybe you just need to slow down. Did Jesus put this model prayer for us so that we would heed his word? And did he not say, when you pray, he says, therefore, you shall pray this. And does he not want us to come before him, not just a daily basis, on a daily basis, but really living in this position of intimacy, koinonia, which is prayer, with our Heavenly Father. So that means we need to slow down a little bit. And we need to say, Lord, Lord, yes, not only, Father God, forgive me, forgive us of our, of our debts, but we also forgive our debtors. Show me where there's a, a slight offense. Maybe somebody said something. It was kind of short, kind of rude, and that did something to you on the inside. But you were so used to, oh, I'm not going to let anybody, I'm not going to have any offenses. I'm not going to. So you didn't even pay attention to your heart. You just let it go. Well, maybe you need to go back around and you need to say, Lord, I choose to forgive them. That, that did kind of hurt, but I choose to let it go. See, we want to walk clean before the Lord. And we can't walk clean before the Lord if we're going to be in denial. We can't walk clean before the Lord if we're going to, if we're going to, you know, be these perfect, try to be this perfect Christian and say, oh, I have no offenses. I have no hurts. I have no, no, no. but really you do. And it's stopping you. It's stopping you from really walking fully in him. So just slow down. It's simple. We just slow down and say, Lord, you show me. Because he will when you, sense, when you just genuinely sit before him and ask him. Lord, your word says, forgive us of our debts as we forgive our debtors. So those that have hurt, wounded, right? We forgive. We choose to forgive them. So let him do that through you. Be still enough and know that I am God, says the word. Hallelujah. And then verse 13, and lead us not into temptation. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. We can pray that over ourselves. I pray that a lot. I pray that over my, my kids or my grandkids. Oh, that's such a powerful, powerful scripture. You know, lead them not into temptation. Temptation is everywhere. Right? And I'm not even talking about the big, you know, sometimes we think of these, you know, certain things that are obvious, like obvious sin, right? But I'm talking about the subtleties, real small things that do grieve the heart of God. Lord, lead us not into temptation. Lead them not into temptation. You know, he's so incredible. God is so good. He is present. He's with us. But we must learn to pray and communicate in his word in prayer. Because he will answer his word. He will answer that prayer because it's his word. Amen. And it will never return unto us void. It will never return unto us void. So lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. God is your deliverer. He is your great deliverer. And he says, I will deliver you. I will deliver you from every assignment. I will deliver you from every tactic that the enemy has brought your way. But you stay present with me. And that's the thing about being present with the Lord. It's continually, completely. 
And so, and the word, word goes on and says, for thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Thine is the kingdom. We make declarations. What is that? What is thine is the kingdom? You're making a declaration. You're decreeing who you are before you get up out of that prayer time. You don't just end it. Amen. You start to speak to your spirit. You start to make those declarations that you are strong in the Lord and in the power of his might, regardless of what has changed or has not changed, regardless of how you feel or maybe don't feel. You start to make those declarations, for thine is the kingdom. Yours is the kingdom. Yours is the power. Yours is the glory forever and ever. That's what you're saying, right? That's that scripture. But what does it mean? Well, you're saying that one phrase, but what does it mean? It means to declare the truth. It means you start to declare the, the word of God, which is the truth. You start to decree and declare the word of God over your life as it's already done. When you start to decree and, de and you start to declare the word of God as if it's already done in your life, you realize it is. God didn't give you a word, his word, and say, I hope it comes to pass one day. He didn't say, listen, I want you to have full faith in this and let's hope and pray that it comes to pass. But you know, you've heard Christians say that. They'll say, well, let's hope and pray. But if you're standing on the word, it's not going to return void. It's just a lack of understanding. It's not to bash anybody. It's just a, you know, we all have different revelation, right? Revelations and we, and we grow in that, right? And so, so we have to realize if it's in the word, it is ours. It's done. It is done. We just get to learn how to receive it. But sometimes that's the hardest part, to learn how to receive it, because we have to deal with this thing called our hearts and our minds. We have to deal with this thing that is called our memories. And sometimes that's the biggest hurdle, right? The biggest hurdle can become that which we've experienced in the past, because that's what seems so real, because it's what we know. It's what we know. It's what we've grown accustomed to. It's what we know. But God says, I want you to reprogram your mind. And what you know should be what is the word. What you know should be literally transforming your mind, renewing your mind until your heart and your soul come into alignment. And it is work, but it must be done. Because if, if you don't do it, what happens is the same old, same old pattern. The, you know, the emotions, they just start to rise up. And instead of being able to prayerfully pray through something and know you have the victory, you're miserable until you see the outcome. And that's not God's best for you. We shouldn't be miserable. We shouldn't be miserable through the process. We should be rejoicing always, right? We should always rejoice. Rejoice always. Pray consistently and continually, right? Without ceasing, we should give him thanks continually. We should always. How do you get to the other end? By doing his will, doing his word, doing it correctly. What I love is, is that the word of God is our instruction, and he never leaves us. He doesn't leave us. He doesn't let us figure it out. He doesn't let us. He's not, I'll just figure it out. No. So bold confessions. Do you know that if you were to just take this one, this is the very end of this prayer, by the way. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever and ever. You're going to make declarations bold and in faith, and God hears and answers those prayers. Because you reject the lying spirit. When you make a bold declaration, what you're saying, when you say it in faith, what you're saying is there is no other solution. Amen. I've set my heart, my sight, Amen. 
on your word. There is no other solution. I, I'm not tolerating, yeah, but what if it doesn't work, then I can always fall back on this. That's the lie. That's a lie that will steal your faith, that will rob you of your confidence. We're supposed to come before his throne with confidence. It'll rob you of confidence. If you have something going on in your marriage, you need to start decreeing that this marriage is divinely ordered by God and things are in alignment. God has aligned this marriage. You know, you, start to, you need to start to decree that I will see as you see, Lord God. And if there's something not right, you will be sure to remove and change whatever needs to be changed. Oh, he'll be sure to change what needs to be changed, including you. So get ready, right? Don't expect there's always somebody else that is going to change. You, may, you might be surprised. Maybe like, oh, and it's a good surprise. Because that's when things really change. I told you so many times, and I was praying and praying and praying for something. It was a good thing, uh, something that's godly, something that, sh you know, we all would want to see. But what God did is he first changed me. He first changed my heart. He first changed the way I was praying and the way I was believing God. Because you can believe God and be full of fear. And that's not, that's not biblical. You could believe God and be fretting the whole time. That's not really believing God. That's, you're getting there, Right? Like we, we have stages, our faith grows. But when God taught me how to really trust him, how to be free on the inside, there's a freedom, there's a peace, there's a love that comes and starts to literally bubble out from you. At that point, that's when my prayer life started to really turn and shift because now I can pray from the heart of God. Now I can pray from a place of it's already done, confidently, I will, I will see it, and I have, and I have, and I will, and I, there's the areas that I'm still believing for and praying for, I will. Amen. And the same is true for all of you. Yes. What did he change? Me. How did he change you? He filled me with the love of God. When you get so filled with the love of God, when you get so filled and saturated with his love, you're going to pray differently. Amen. Oh, don't get me wrong. I know my authority, and I'm not afraid to use it. Sometimes people think, okay, love and authority, two separate things. Oh, no. If you're grounded in the love of God, you actually have every legal right to exercise your authority correctly. If you're not grounded in the love of God, you're actually in violation and you're not really accomplishing anything other than you're sweating and you're just like, you're just, you're just in the flesh. When you're grounded in the love of God, your authority will truly increase. It works hand in hand. It's not really about being loud or not being loud. It's authority. Be grounded in the love of God. How do you get grounded in the love of God? Pray the Our Father. Start to ask God, show me how to pray this. No, you don't have to get ritualistic and, oh, my gosh, I got to pray it. I forgot to pray it today. Don't do that. But use this as a model. Use this as a model. I love this. Jesus said this is how you would pray. You know, and then over in John 17, when Jesus himself, when he prayed, he prayed for us. He prayed for the church. He prayed for the world. I love how Jesus also prayed and how he prayed to the Father that we would know that we're one with him. When we know that we're one with him, that revelation comes. It's like you realize you're praying in partnership with the spirit of the living God. Amen? So thine is the kingdom, for thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory. It's God's power. It's his kingdom. It's his power, and it is his glory 
forevermore. So we're going to make those bold declarations of faith. We're going to decree that we are strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. We're going to decree that all of our sons and daughters are going to be taught of the Lord and great shall be their peace. We're going to decree, oh Lord, I thank you, I thank you, I thank you because I know that you said my spirit that I put upon you, the words that I put in your mouth are not going to depart from your mouth, nor will they depart from the mouths of your children nor your children's children. You start to decree generations to generations to generations. You start to pray and literally mountains are literally falling like wax before you. So we're going to make those declarations. We're going to be bold.